0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brenson. I'm your host. Joined on an emergency podcast by a man who looks just like me, a little bit like Bill Belichick today, John Breach, to talk about Ron Rivera being fired in Washington. No huge surprise here, Breach. Uh, probably the we talked about Arthur Smith in the recap podcast last night, but we're going to break down commanders moving on from ron rivera officially would have happened yesterday didn't because it was his birthday so happy belated birthday ron you're fired
1: hey you know what at least they showed a little bit of restraint dan snyder would have sent him a birthday cake that said you're fired <laughs> so maybe it's for the best that josh harris is in there right now uh but yeah you milk it out a day do it on black monday when everybody else gets fired and they didn't do it at midnight like uh the falcons did to arthur smith but brenton i think we both
0: know by the way i'm I'm reliably told that that had nothing to do with the post-game melee with the falcons and it was simply a it was simply just a function of arthur blank and the falcons management had their meeting the meeting ended around midnight and they're like yeah but this is the direction we're going Oh, with the the Smith thing, that just
1: felt like him blowing his top because he knew his job was—he right. knew he was getting fires down forty-eight to seventeen. I think Arthur Blank made his decision long before that. But it feels like with the Commanders, remember this team started the season two and zero, and it was like, oh my God, what if Ramavera turns this team around and they become successful? And Josh Harris's first season as owner, uh, and then as we know, the season totally collapsed after that. I think by the bye week, which was in December, they had the latest bye week. They were four and nine. And it was pretty clear that Rivera was a dead man walking. He was going to get fired, and that was that. So I think this was probably – the Arthur Smith thing felt like 70-30, he was probably going to lose his job. This felt like 99% he was going to lose his job, and we've all known this since December. So I I would say this is the least surprising firing that will happen in this coaching cycle.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is – if there was ever a head coaching firing – (laughs) <laughs> You're like, okay, do we do we need an emergency podcast for it? I mean, this this would this would be it because the last time that the commanders won was November 5th, um, and the time before that was October 15th, and the time before that was September 17th. So they have two wins since September. Excuse me, September 17th since week two, they lost everybody. They beat the Falcons. They beat the Patriots. They lost in horrendous fashion. They got blown out. Sam Howell got sacked a ton of times. Ron Rivera saying stuff like, "Ah, oh, the you know, first time I've coached in three and a half years. I've been busy managing." And I think some of that is a like. There's a little bit of that that's true. When Ron Rivera was brought in to Washington, he was in charge of sort of changing the culture. You know, this is Dan Snyder knowing he was on his last legs. His owner trying to fix things and salvage things to keep the NFL from forcing a sale. They wanted Ron Rivera. You know, I mean, look, the, I mean. I'm not. Ron Rivera was, you know, uh, is is an established culture guy, who also happens to prov- happen to provide some diversity for a team that didn't have any at the time whatsoever. Um, they made a, a a dedicated attempt to do that when they were revamping things. Um, Rivera, I think, did a good job changing the culture as best he could in Washington. I think he helped to. Shepard, the and it's weird too because he's now done this two different times in his last two jobs been the guy who previous owner forced to sell amongst scandalous um timeline ron rides it out and then you know is let go by the new owner and that that's sort of the crux of this to me for for me breach it's not like ron rivera did a terrible job ron rivera took over a really hard situation didn't win many football games, but won maybe more at least early on than I think, uh, you know. Another coach might have. They, Washington hadn't been good for a long time, and also, what do you want to? Do you want a division title in twenty twenty, right? Um, yep. Also, we went to the playoffs. It's like the whoever the coach was that Dan Snyder hired last was going to get fired because that's what happens when you spend 6 billion dollars on a team, you are allowed to hire your own coach. I think David is doing a terrible job of it in Carolina, but it's his team and he can do what he wants. And I I do applaud Josh Harris in this instance for showing the patience to I mean a lot of a lot of guys would, would have fired Ron Rivera in the week 14 bye after on a four-game losing streak when your team is 4 and uh you know 4 and, and uh 4 and 9 You ride it out, you let him do the whole season, you do things differently than Dan Snyder did. And I think we've seen that from ownership so far in in Washington under this new regime.
1: Yeah, I think one crazy thing about Ron Rivera is that when he got hired in January 2020, he got hired by the Washington Redskins that following July is when they changed their name to the football team and then changed their name to the (laughs) Commanders. So a guy literally coaching kind of for three different teams, but the thing is, when Dan Snyder so, hired so him, has,
0: so he has the 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 best winning percentage in WFT and Commanders history
1: so far. Yeah, man, he's going to be at the top of uh, his name's going to be in the practice all time all time winningest.
0: Is he the all time? Is he the only Football NFL team coach WFT? No, but I'm saying he's the, he's got he's the all time winningest coach for like multiple franchise, like three three different team names: the Panthers, the um. The uh, maybe John Fox is more anyway. Continue on. Um, uh, but what I was going to say is that look, you
1: knew walking into this situation, I, I do feel a little bit of empathy for him because of the crappy situation he was in with Dan Snyder. Through their investigation, Snyder got fined $10 million during or more than that. I mean, it was an ugly situation, but when you take a job with Dan Snyder, you know that's what you're walking yep. into. So it's hard to feel sorry for someone who said, you know what, I'm going to deal with it, I think I can fix this. And I also think that it hurt Rivera that he made the playoffs in his first year as coach, which was completely out of nowhere. No one was expecting that. He wins the NFC East because at that point it was like, "Oh my god, this guy can deal with the drama. He can fix this team." And then they just never were able to get anywhere near that. And yes, they did go 8-8 eight, eight, and 1 uh, last season in 2022, but the Cowboys needles were so good that that didn't mean anything. And you know, I think if Ron Rivera had gone 9 and 8 this year, or maybe even eight and nine, somewhere close to 500. Oh yeah. He may, he probably doesn't get fired, but you can't go four and 13. As you just mentioned, uh, two and 13 over the final 15 games, end of the season on an eight game losing streak. Uh, so, and and again, like you said, Josh Harris spent $6 billion. And we mentioned that Rick Spielman, our guy, Rick Spielman, uh, Wilson's guy, Wilson wouldn't show up. He's probably talking with Rick right now about who the commander should hire. Or or Wilson's
0: Uh, crying in his, in a, in a pool of sadness. um,
1: because Rick, Rick Spielman
0: Rick. will be helping out with the hiring process.
1: He'll be advising yeah. uh, Josh Harris, along with Bob Myers, the former Warriors general manager. Is he Warriors general manager? Yeah, Warriors GM. Yeah, yeah.
0: four-time, GM. Uh, NBA, First, four-time NBA champion. I'm curious. And that's what you yeah. do
1: if you have $6 million. though. You, you call these guys with the
0: expertise. And you say, hey, help me get a good coach in here. That's what I want. What do you think about that combo? And it doesn't sound like, I mean, and I don't want to, not suggesting that we know otherwise we may but um but like it was it's been reported so i don't think i'm speaking out of turn here but uh Rick Spielman and Bob Myers are not like serving as gm or general managers or full-time employees of the Washington football team um two-time nba executive of the year bob myers four-time nba champ also gets to keep working on the espn uh, NBA on ESPN. Hey, and it's, Brenton, it's, Rick uh, gets to keep working for us. So it's I not yeah, I think Rick's gonna keep working for us, which is a very interesting dynamic. So if Wilson doesn't get some commander scoops, this is just pathetic. Um he, he and Rick drive around in a minivan all all off season together, <laughs> going to pro days. Um I I do I think it's a really interesting move here. You were saying, okay, Bob Myers, great culture guy. Was able to build sort of put together this thing with the Warriors. And granted, it helps that you get Steph Curry in the draft where you get him. He falls. But you know, you're able to like, you know, you find Draymond Green, you find Clay Thompson, you put this all together with Steve Kerr, who, by the way, when he hired Steve Kerr to be the Warriors head coach, Steve Kerr had zero coaching experience. And Steve Kerr immediately was incredible and won a ton of football games, or to won a ton of basketball games, excuse me. Um and and then you have you know, you can, you bring in Kevin Durant. Like like th- there's just a, the warriors, the people don't like the warriors anymore, but the warriors were the ultimate, the warriors were a little bit like the Patriots in that they had this dynastic sort of out of nowhere, come together culture. It's a big culture thing. And so I think having Bob Myers come in and try and like identify candidates who can help the culture, identify ways to improve the culture. And then you also have Rick Spielman as this uh, sort of um, like a, uh, a checks and balances type of thing with the football mentality and what he was able to do as an actual NFL GM. And I think he did a good job in, in Minnesota, um, but I, I think I think that combination is is really interesting, and does speak to breach a really like drastic power sh- or not power shift, but a really drastic sort of um, shift in how NFL teams are constructing front offices versus even five years ago and certainly ten years ago.
1: Well, I think the big thing here is when you're someone like Josh Harris, where you don't know what you don't know, you want to bring in experts. And I'm sure Harris thought, uh, you have some teams that will bring in the search firm who are not NFL people who come in and crunch the numbers and say, oh, you should hire this guy. And Harris thought, why would I hire a search firm when I can basically Mm -hmm. Spielman and Myers are his search firm. I've got this guy who has an amassed wealth of football knowledge in Spielman. I have this guy who has won multiple championships in his sport and can think outside the box, combine those two together, and that should help me to get to where I want to go. So it does make sense that this is not a full-time thing, that this they're basically serving as his search firm. And I, I think if this works, we'll see other teams do it because NFL's NFL is a copycat league. If, if, if Spielman and uh, Myers tell him to say, trade for Belichick and Belichick wins two Super Bowls, then you're going to see... The, the Spielberg and Myers combo, they're going to be going to every team saying, hey, we'll, we'll pick your coach out for you.
0: Well, and, and a lot of times these search firms or like I, I think getting Rick and getting Bob Myers, well, again, Rick has a lot of experience in the NFL and there's a lot of people around the NFL. Um, but then using Bob Myers, again, is a check and balance sort of thing. To me, that makes a lot of sense versus go, where it's like. I feel like every other search for is like it's like Ernie Acorsi is telling you who to hire, right? And Ernie Acorsi is saying, like, hire some guy that worked for with him in the Giants. I also think you're gonna see um the the Washington hire some like and, and this may I, I don't think I don't think Rick wants to get back in, but it wouldn't shock me if he took this job. Um, although it, I don't know if he loved doing it when he was at the end of his run, but like VP of football operations, I think you're going to see Washington build out a hierarchy like that, where they find a, it is it, going to depend on who they get for the coach. Right. Cause like, if you, if you, this is what makes this particular coaching actually, you know what, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about why the candidates may change the way that Washington structures its front
2: office next. Next. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Again,
0: I think what's interesting about this particular cycle is that Bill Belichick is out there and Jim Harbaugh is out there. And Harbaugh's been out there for a while, but this feels like for the first time Harbaugh, and he interviewed last year with with Minnesota or two years ago with Minnesota or whatever it was. Um, It does feel like Harbaugh is coming back and he plays in the national championship game on Monday night and we will know more about his future soon and belichick it feels like there's a good chance he moves on if you are higher if you are attempting to lure jim harbaugh or bill belichick you have to be really careful and fluid about your hiring process for the gm and your front office and all of that right if josh harris wants to get bill belichick to washington and reports are that he is enamored with the idea he can't go out and hire a gm if you go out and hire a GM and you're like, hey, Bill, you're working with this guy. Bill is going to be like, no dice, dude. He's, Bill is going to want to put people around. If he goes somewhere new, he's certainly going to want, I would think, personnel control. Uh, we'll talk more about his, his comments in our recap show at 5 o'clock today about what he said about possibly not wanting personnel control in, in New England. But the point being, I think you'll see teams in this particular cycle. Look at the Falcons. Like Terry Fontenot is still there. If they want to get Harbaugh or Belichick, you have to imagine that he, you know, it's like he'll have input in it. He's not hiring the guy. Martin Mayhew still there in Washington, which is kind of surprising. I thought they would let him go. He is certainly somebody who could be let go if the right coaching candidate comes around, don't you think?
1: Uh, Well, I, I think that with the commanders, it'll be interesting to see if Josh Harris just says, you know, I want to make a big splash, which would be trading for Belichick or going after Jim Harbaugh. Uh, because you've got all this money and you're going to be in your first real full year calendar year of owning the team. And is this the guy you want to bring in? And, like you just said, that's important because you cannot hire your general manager first. Uh, and you know, I thought it was crazy that the Falcons kind of threw Terry Fontenot under the bus, but in the statement saying he's not helping with this coaching, so he'll have a a little input, input.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: But me and Rich McKay are handling this. Arthur Blake and Rich McKay are handling I this. I Rich McKay
0: is the biggest Teflon dude on the planet, man. It's amazing. He's like, he's like, the only time you ever hear Rich McKay mentioned with the Falcons is when they're hiring a new coach. <laughs> it's like, never like, no, Rich, he never, he never catches any grief. And Rich does a lot of work with the, the NFL competition committee as well. But you never hear Rich McKay catch any grief when the Falcons stink. It's only when they're like hiring somebody. It's like, Rich McKay will be making these decisions. But yeah, so I think this will
1: come down to, uh, you know, I'm sure uh, Bob Myers, Rick Spielman will talk with Josh Harris about the ins and outs of, hey, you bring in a guy like Belichick, this is what your front office structure is going to look like. Bring in a guy like Carbaugh, this is what's going to have to happen. Or you can bring in someone who's not as heavy handed as those two and, 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 They won't have all the... Do you want to give all the control to the head coach is
0: what it will come down to? Right, exactly. I know Dom in the chat pointed out that Ben Johnson could be the guy. There is definitely a connection with Rick Spielman and the the Lions. I mean, Chris Spielman is uh, president of football operations or something. Rick's brother, Chris, is heavily involved in the front office in Detroit. And that. I mean, I'm not saying that that's going to sway anything and that Ben Johnson's going to be like, oh, cool, I'll go to Washington because your brother's working there. But you know, in the business world and in the football, just as in, just as in, as is in the business world, the football world operates on connections. And if there is a case, like if the, if Washington wants to go after Ben Johnson, you have a direct conduit from Rick to Chris to Ben Johnson. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, I I don't think it's like crazy to suggest that.
1: Uh, Yeah. I I mean, I would think that is an open pipeline and you're going to take advantage of it. And you see where that takes you. And then you look at the other candidates. Because I think if you're looking at someone like Ben Johnson, that you're thinking, ah, oh, let's bring an offensive-minded guy. But the other part is you don't even know who your quarterback's going to be. You don't know for sure uh, if Sam Howell's still going to be there. Maybe, maybe they
0: should hire Mac Brown, and he can coach Drake May and Sam Howell.
1: <laughs> but that's, I mean, yeah, you have the number two overall pick, so you can look at drafting quarterbacks. But that's another thing to consider with giving a guy full power or – how you're going to do this is that your future hinges a lot on this draft and you don't want someone to come in and whiff in their first draft. Cause that would be a total disaster. So, uh, yeah, but definitely Ben Johnson, I would think would be someone they would talk to.
0: Yeah, for sure. It would seem like, I mean, I'm joking about the Mac Brown, Drake may stuff, but I mean, there's a pretty good chance that Drake may, yeah, you know, Caleb Williams, Right now. And look, it's it's January. Lock can change. But well, let's assume Caleb Williams goes one to some team that trades up with the Bears. And the commander
1: well, real quick, Brinson, to interrupt you. We started talking about the Ben Johnson stuff at 10:31. At 10:33 Eastern Time, Tom Palaisero tweets out or X's out. The commanders aren't wasting time. They've requested interviews with Lions OC Ben Johnson and <laughs> Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn for their head coaching job. So there you go. There is the Lions connection, the pipeline's already paying off. You got two interviews set up.
0: I mean, If you think about it, though, like it's not insane to – you're Josh Harris. You paid $6 billion for the franchise. You want to get the easiest possible way to get a sit-down with Ben Johnson and have him – like like you go and pay Rick Spielman whatever his, whatever his fee is to consult on this gig, and he's like, hey, Chris – Tell Ben that this is a good look. Like, I've worked. Yeah, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it it's a very smart and savvy business move, I think. And that outside-the-box stuff that they're doing with the Bob Myers thing, I, th- I think that probably resonates with Ben Johnson as well. So, smart to talk to the Lions coaches. Um, and I'm sure we will see. Yes, that's right. Uh, you, how did you get that tweet before I did? I just got it. Because I get everything before you, Brentson Are you on premium? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Any no, other he, candidates he check mark next to my name?
0: Do you? No. Oh. Any other candidates that stand out to you as? Um... Well, I think
1: one interesting one who I, I, I'm not sure they would hire because he's it, there right now is Eric Bienemy, where Man. he's already on your staff as an offense coordinator. I wonder how much the, the team liked him and if that's someone they would consider.
0: Kim Brown, uh, let Sam Howell get sacks more? I mean, I don't
1: know. Well, I mean, that's not – the sacks aren't – the enemy's fault, like his offense isn't going to work if the QB is getting sacked on every play. So I think there is, it's kind of, but also you know the enemy could call different plays so that the QB is not getting sacked as often. So it's kind of a push and shove there. uh Maybe your boy Bobby Slowick in Houston, I think, would be a very interesting name uh if Josh Harris wants to look right down the road in Baltimore. Mike McDonald, Mike McDonald. If you want to go with a defensive coordinator, and then of course my favorite guy to bring up every time is Miami of Ohio hero, Frank Smith, who there is now know. the offensive coordinator with the Dolphins. Um, that'd be another interesting name to call. And I think the other thing you have to figure out is do you want to go with the defensive guy and offensive guy or just, you know, the, the guy who not an offensive type. guy. Or, yeah, the CEO type. So I, yeah. I think that's the thing you figured out first before you make the hire.
0: Uh, I think a lot will depend too on, the, I mean, look, the, the, when you talk to these candidates, you sort of have to say, "What do you think?" I mean, it's it's so weird because like, you kind of need to say, "What do you think about this draft class?" You know, do you like have you watched any Caleb Williams? You, and these candidates probably may not have, like, they may have like seen it, but not watched like a bunch of film. Uh, so I think I mean I'm I'm almost certainly going off. I mean I'm, I would have not be opposed to CEO at all, but I would want to go offensive mind if I'm have the number two overall pick and I plan on drafting a quarterback primarily, breach because if you go defensive or CEO let's say let's say just take the Texans as as an example it's actually a great example because they drafted second overall it took CJ Stroud they hired D'Amico Ryans they draft CJ Stroud CJ Stroud has this incredible year but now his offensive coordinator could leave for a head coaching job and so like you could you could lose the continuity of that quarterback development for through your by virtue of going with a defensive guy or a ceo guy simply by virtue of your own success like you know like like bryce young is not losing continuity because he was like you know i mean right because c because cj stride was so good bobby slowick is getting looks as a head coach or is going to get looks as a head coach and so that's there's that's why i would probably lean offensive guy and one thing I'll throw out just
1: because we mentioned the Lions interviews, and because of what happened last year with Jonathan Gannon and the Eagles, and that feels like it's a feud that there's still some hurt feelings there uh, with the Eagles thinking he may have focused too much on his Cardinals interview than mm. putting together his defensive game plan for the Super Bowl is that the Lions, if Ben Johnson or Aaron Glenn decide to interview with the Commanders, they cannot do it until the Tuesday after their wildcard game. So that would be January sixteenth. That'd be the earliest, and it would be an, a virtual interview.
0: Big fan too of the, um, of the interview and meet like like the Lions lay a complete egg on offense against <laughs> the Rams, and then or where like, the Rams like, put up forty. On right, Aaron remember, Clinton. remember like the, the when the Lions hired Matt Patricia, they interviewed him right after the Super Bowl, where he gave up like fifty five points to Nick Foles. It's like, oh, right, right, yeah, uh, or the Jonathan Gannon thing. All right. So that'll do it for us. Ron Rivera fired in Washington. Riverbet Ron. Oh, but one more thing. Do you think Riverbett, Ron gets a third try as a head coach? Uh, if he
1: does, I don't think it will be in 2024. So I think he's going to be out this year. And unless you're in a spot where you need... He's got that comforting... Like, I understand why teams bring him in. He, he's a steadying hand. And if there is a team in that situation, I could see him getting one. But I would say... I'd lean now. I'd say, like, 60-40 now.
0: Fun fact. One of the few... Um, of the recent guys who've gotten three tries. John Fox, Lovey Smith, both of them in the NFC South. I can see Ooh. Ron Rivera getting another look at some going thing, to Tampa. Like yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Going to yeah, going somewhere. All right. That'll do it for us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening for a breach. I'm Britson. We'll see you guys later.